everybody, and welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Cedar Falls podcast. Yes, we are officially back in Cedar Falls. I have moved in to my new ado- new new humble abode, if you want to call it that. And it feels weird doing a show here. I don't. I'm not in my basement. I'm not in my comfy chair. Um, I I don't have my card table in front of me. I'm sitting at my desk in my room at my house up in Cedar Falls, and it is very very exciting. Everything is moved in, got everything moved out of my parents' house, and have everything, to my knowledge, I have everything up here in Cedar Falls. And for right now, for today's show, I'm just going to keep it a shorter show today. I think we're only, I'm going to shoot for like a half hour show. This will be a shorter show. Just got everything moved in. I need to find a, a new place to do the podcast, because I don't think I'm going to be doing it in my room, because the, the audio is not great in the room. I don't know if you can tell, but to me, I'm kind of echoing throughout my room. And the walls are pretty thin, so if my roommates are here, they're gonna hear me talk. And I don't. I'm one of those people. Now, there's there's a few people like this that I worked with in like Dragon TV and stuff, like doing voiceovers. I am perfectly capable and perfectly fine of doing voiceovers. The second I know someone is listening in on what I am saying, I get all self conscious. I forget where I'm talking. I get all I get all flustered and can't figure out what I'm trying to say, and I get all nervous. So I like doing it where I imagine no one can hear me and no one can walk in and do anything. Like I've had a couple shows and recently, I would say like two weeks ago, probably where my dad has walked in to the office when I'm recording a show and I, I just can't talk. And it's, I, I overthink things. I'm a natural overthinker as most blicks are. And yeah, so I need to find a new place to do it, but we are doing a show. It is 6.10 right now, Cedar Falls time, and yeah, I am very excited for today's show because we got everything moved in. School starts next week, and I am starting a new job tomorrow, an internship, trying to graduate, or not trying to, I'm going to graduate in the fall, so I need to get an internship, and this internship is at another radio station, much like of what I was doing all of last year at 1540 KXEL with On Press Row with... Gary Rima, the sports guy, and John Leo, the sports lion. I was, of course, the sports beast. Didn't talk a lot on the show, but I was there. Now I'm on 1650, the champ, with Cole Bear. That starts tomorrow. I'm very, or today, because today, we're, you're listening to this on a Monday. I'm recording this on a Sunday. It starts. That's all you need to know. Starts either tomorrow or today, whichever one. If you're listening to it tomorrow, which I know you are, it's it just starts on a Monday. Okay, we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty here about this job that I got but it's another radio job and I'm very very excited and thankful that Cole gave me an opportunity right after Gary's show got canceled back in March Gary shot me a text and said hey uh Cole Bear from 1650 is looking for people I told I gave him you and John's numbers and he reached out to me and we agreed on stuff during the summer and I am ready to go for tomorrow and I was talking to Cole back in in the summer of last year, late summer of last year, maybe even in the the spring semester of last year as well, talking about working for him there. And Gary, I shot, I was just trying to get, te- I was sending out messages because I, I was living up in Cedar Falls for the summer and I didn't have a job lined up. So I shot messages to pretty much everybody. I sent them to TV stations, not really expecting a lot from TV stations, sent them to the numerous radio shows around this area. I, the reason I was staying up here, I was taking summer classes this last summer. 
So I needed to find a job. Eventually did not find a job up here and came back home in July and worked for my dad, which is what I did this summer, along with doing the Logan Blackman Show podcast. But I was so flustered last summer, not having a job. And then late in the summer, Cole texted me. And then Gary texted me again because I shot Gary a text message back in, I want to say like April, maybe May, and said, hey, if you ever got anything open, can you shoot me a text? Or are you, you got any openings now? Because he always said if anything came open, he would shoot me a message. And then once August or uh, when was this? August or late July comes around, him and Cole shoot me texts around the same day. And eventually I go with Gary's show because my dad, I talked to my dad about it because I was like, I was talking to Cole first. But the opportunity to learn from one of the greatest announcers in not just Iowa sports history, but sports history. And Gary Ryan was some of the greatest calls in college basketball and college football history on his resume. You can just go look back at all the kabooms, the kabangs. Go look at the 2008 Kansas team that lost to UNI or 2010. Why did I say, was it 2000? I'm all messed up in my years. Ali Farokmanesh hit the three in the corner. I can name pretty much that. I can name that starting lineup of that UNI team, but I couldn't tell you what year it was. I'm just forgetting. Drake was 08. Drake, the Drake team with Adam Emmenecker, Clayton Corver, Brent Heemskirk, Josh Young, Leonard Houston, uh, John Michael Paul. That was 2008. So this UNI team had to be 2010, 2011, sometime around there. But yeah, Kachoa Heligba, Elif Rokmanis, Adam Cook, Jake Cook, Jared Agelseeder. One of the greatest UNI basketball teams of all time, beating the number one overall seeded Kansas Jayhawks with Sharon Collins and Cole Aldridge on their team. So I took the opportunity. I was like, I get to learn from one of the GOATs. And then obviously the show got moved on because they wanted to, quote, move in another direction, which didn't really move in another direction. They added a, a national show and then extended another show that I personally never got into if I'm being 100% honest and I know a lot of people on social media weren't very happy with all these proceedings either but life comes full circle life works in mysterious ways now I'm back with Cole and I'll be starting Monday August 10th that way I don't need to say tomorrow and then you're like well tomorrow that's not Monday it's Tuesday so August 10th is what I'm starting I'm very excited couldn't be more exciting that I want to do still do the podcast so I'm gonna to have to find somewhere to do that because I don't know if KULT will be open to the public or be able if I will be able to record the public so of course I brought my microphone got my audacity up as well so I just need to find a nice secluded area if a library's open go to one of those like conference room areas in the library and record this hopefully it's not too I need a noise canceling one because I'm I'm pretty loud if you did not know that if you, if you met me for the first time, I'm very, very quiet. I'm a very introverted person. And when you get to know me, I'm very, very, very loud. <laughs> or can be. I've got, I'm not going to say I'm loud all the time, but I can be loud. And I like to laugh. So those are my job applications to, for you to be my new friend. So please be my friend. But I'm very excited. Very excited to continue doing the Logan Blackman Show podcast as well as doing another radio show. Working at 1650, the family, extremely excited for that. But we are here. It is Sunday evening right now. Last night, Saturday, August 8th, Dire Wake, one of the greatest bands in human history, with drummer Drake Lindsay, performed a show last night around 9 o'clock or Saturday night, because you're listening to this on Monday. It was the greatest 
Dire Awake show I've ever seen in my entire life. They debuted three new songs, all of them untitled so far. But good lordy, when those songs are released, I'm going to be bumping those religiously. Because those songs, oh my goodness, they're gems, chef kisses, they're brilliant songs. And everybody was hyped. It was an awesome experience last night. Joe, Joe Derry, one of my lifelong friends, I was there with him and a few other people as well. Caveman Andy, as we talk about Cave, the when I had the Cave shirt, the Troglodyte sweatshirt, that's Andrew Gunnis, got the Cave stuff there. But I was talking to Joe, and Joe turns to me and goes, this is the best Dire Wake show ever. And I sat there pondering it a little bit, because I Dire Wake, I haven't missed a Dire Wake show in a very long time. And I had to agree with him. It was a fantastic show. So if you haven't, go and follow Dire Wake on Spotify. And wherever you listen to your music, go and follow Dire Wake and go listen to all their stuff. You got Vista. You got Vernal Myth. You got, at first it must be found. But first it must be found. You got some banger. We play them on the Logan Blackman show all the time. And you've you've listened to some of the older shows. Back when I was at KULT, not on the podcast because it's harder to do. The KULT, when you come back from breaks, you can do intro music or outro music, whatever. That stuff flows better because I don't take any breaks when I record the podcast. But, yeah, fantastic show. Great job, Drake and Ashton and Ethan as well. Great job, Dire Wake. Go listen to Dire Wake on whatever sites you listen to music. And what made it really funny and I told Joe this when we were talking about this. Like, this is the reason this was the best Dire Wake concert of all time. Drake Lindsay, drummer for Dire Wake, was rocking an official Logan Blackman Show t-shirt. It was the absolute snot rocket, absolute hose, absolute piss cannon shirt. I don't know if it was in that. I don't remember what order the shirt is, but I gave him the shirt. First in-person purchase of the Logan Blackman Show. Because I, have, of course, have shirts that I wear every once in a while i'm wearing the buffalo logan shirt right now probably my favorite shirt this and the tlbs stuff are my two favorites off of what we've got but if you have not gotten yourself a logan blackman show t-shirt sweatshirt whatever a mask whatever you want go to the logan blackman store on teespring and link is in my instagram bio and twitter bio if i'm not mistaken so go and follow those accounts at the lb underscore show that's the show's twitter account but my personal twitter account logan underscore blackman it's in the bio of my personal twitter account Personal Instagram is Blackman Logan up there as well. And just while you're on Instagram, go follow the Logan Blackman Show on Instagram, The Logan Blackman Show. Uh, also on Facebook, go and like the Facebook page. I think we're at 114, 115 likes, something like that. So make sure you go and like the Facebook page and also go subscribe to the YouTube channel because I hope to make more videos in the coming days. Maybe since there's no college football this fall, which we'll talk about in extensively in a little bit. Maybe we could get some UNI football players on the show. Maybe, maybe do another interview segment. We interviewed quarterback Will McIlvain back in, when was that? Was that back in April? It doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but I think it was back in April. Maybe even March, late March. That's probably something like that. That's crazy. No, it had to be April because I was back home. So I came home from East for Easter and then stayed home. And yeah, it had to be in April. Had to be in April. That interview went really good. Oh, maybe we could do some throwing challenges with will des moines kid maybe he's still up at you and i don't know because with the with there being no football season will they still mandate that football players be on campus maybe they want to keep practicing at home or they have all online classes they don't need to be up here maybe they just want to stay home but again we will talk about college football in a little bit we gotta close the show out with that 
we got to keep you in. We don't want to just talk about the main thing that we're going to talk about today at first and then slowly work our way out of the show. We want to keep you locked in. You can't go, oh, man, Logan, I now yeah, I have trapped. If you haven't noticed, you have fallen right into my trap. I'm only going to listen to the football part. So I put it at the end. But I'm not going to tell you what time it is because I don't even know what time <laughs> it's going to be at the end of the show. That's all I'm aware of right now. But, yes, we've got some big-time college football news. A lot of it came out yesterday, Saturday. A lot of it's come out today as well with some bigger schools and bigger conferences announcing some big things. But we will talk about that in a little bit. First off, though, we have to talk about the thing that we've talked about a lot on the Logan Blackman Show, and that is the MLS is back tournament. Yes, we have finally reached the conclusion. The championship game will be on Tuesday, so... I don't know why we're talking about it now, but it will be on Tuesday night. I'm very excited. I will be watching the game. It is between the Portland Timbers and Orlando City. Now, we've talked about this on Friday. My pattern theory has worked to a T so far, and I went away from it for this game. I was was conflicted trying to choose between Minnesota United and Orlando City. My theory was the team that wins by three the game before loses the very next game. So you had LAFC beating Seattle Sounders by three. Orlando beat them on penalties. You had Real Salt Lake losing to San Jose Earthquakes five to two. Minnesota United beat them four to one, winning by three. Minnesota United, again, four to one over San Jose, lose to Orlando City three to one. Now the theory is dead now because Orlando City won by two goals, not three. But man, Nani, good Lord, showed off some as Manchester United days. Now, Nani, they brought this up a little bit on the on the, the broadcast on that game, which started very late because of the rain delay, night lightning delay, rain delay, whatever you want to call it. But they were talking about Nani, and I was with my friend Noah, who's a big Minnesota United fan, as we've talked about him on the show when we did the MLS tier list of my favorite teams in MLS. So they were talking about Nani, and I was like, I was talking to him about this. I was like, dude, Nani was so awesome at Manchester United when he wanted to be. Like, if you want to look at skills, if you just wanted to watch skills and don't worry about end product, if you want to watch a highlight, the best highlight tape ever, or one of the best highlight tapes ever, go and watch Luis Nani at Manchester United. Now, if you want to see clean goal scoring highlights, you probably won't get that there, but he'll score some absolute worldies at Manchester United. Gave the assist to Wayne Rooney on one of the most legendary bicycle kicks of all time against Manchester City. One of the greatest goals of all time, no matter what league, what no matter what you're talking about, the Wayne Rooney goal against Manchester City is one of the greatest goals, if not the greatest goal of all time. It was an amazing goal. The The technique in it, it was just perfect. Everything about it was just perfect. And that's how Nani was technically. Scoring-wise, ah, nah. And Nani, because he's so technically gifted, could get very selfish at times. So he wouldn't pass the ball because he's like, I can do this myself. Very frustrating player. Brilliant player, though. And he showed that when he's playing against MLS teams. He doesn't need to really try against these style players. He scored a worldie against Manchester United. Now, I don't know what Dotson was doing plays so far off of Nani. You have a player that you know is technically gifted and is going to beat you on the dribble. Why would you back off him and you know he's going to cut in on his right? Why would you go off to his left? And he just placed it beautifully past Tyler Miller. I mean, Tyler Miller wouldn't save that. Now, a better goalkeeper may have saved it, but Nani, good Lord. What an amazing goal. He scored two goals in the game. Michelle got a goal in the 96th minute of the game to seal it off 3-1. to one. 
Yeah, Toye got a goal for Minnesota United in the 83rd minute, but 2-1 to one was already uh, Minnesota United. Played good, played a lot better in the second half than they did the first half, but still wasn't enough against Nadi and Orlando City. And surprisingly, Orlando City SC has made it to the MLS's back tournament final. Good Lord, I don't think anybody saw this at the start. And you see the road they had to go through. You had to go through LAFC. No one thought they would beat LAFC. I don't think there's... Even the most diehard Orlando City SC fans, I don't think they would have thought they would beat LAFC. On penalties, maybe. But that's a maybe. I bet most people are like 80-20% that LAFC would beat Orlando. LAFC, even without Carlos Vea, was still the favorite to win the tournament once the knockout stage started. They lost to Orlando City, who has struggled most of its existence in the MLS. Even with Kaká, they struggled from time to time. I don't think a lot of people had them winning Group A to start the tournament. Now, Group A, to be fair, wasn't the strongest group in the world. You have Orlando City, Philadelphia Union, NYCFC, and Inter-Miami. Not necessarily the strongest group, but I did think New York City would win that group and Philadelphia would come in second. I didn't even have Orlando making the knockout stages. They won the group. And then I did have them beating San Jose, or not San Jose, Montreal. Blue and black teams, I mean, they're all mixed together. I had no, I was very confident they were not going to beat LAFC. But I was also very confident that Van, San Jose, or, uh, geez, Sporting Kansas City would pound Vancouver and took them the freaking penalties. I was very confident that the Columbus crew beat Minnesota United. That didn't work out. I was very confident that the Portland Timbers would beat the crap out of FC Cincinnati, took them the penalties. So when I'm very confident in something, do not trust me <laughs> or don't let me go through with it. But Orlando City, good Lord. Amazing team play, though. They're playing with a chip on their shoulders and they are playing lights out. And Portland, they've played better after that first round scare against FC Cincinnati, beating the Philadelphia Union 2-1. We talked about that game on Friday with a goal being 2-1 to final with it. Ah, Ebobisi and Sebastian Blanco getting the goals there with Wooten getting a goal in the 85th minute. Very similar style of game to that of Orlando City versus Minnesota United. But now Portland versus Orlando City. Now I'm going to do a better preview on this when we are on Tuesday because there's no sense in doing it on Monday because we're just going to talk about it again tomorrow and I don't want to go through the exact same thing that I talked about uh, Monday than I would on Tuesday, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, Orlando City versus Portland Timbers, Tuesday night at 7.30. Very, very excited for this. The final of the MLS's back tournament does not mean the MLS is done. Very exciting stuff from the MLS. The 2020 season is officially returning. Yes. Very, very excited. Nashville SC SC, and FC Dallas are going to play in this. They were not in the MLS's back tournament. They will be back in this tournament. And it is going to be awesome. Restarting on August 12th. It will end on... When's the season ending? When's MLS? It's in December. Like December 12th or something? I need to figure out when the MLS Cup final is. Because <laughs> I'm not really sure when it is. I think It's in December. But I don't know. Here's the official statement from the MLS on their official website. Major League Soccer revealed the schedule... For the first phase of return of the 25th season in home markets, as as was the case during the MLS's back tournament, the 
continuation of the season will feature comprehensive health and safety protocols, including regular testing of players, coaches, and essential staff for COVID-19. The revised schedule will see each team play an additional 18 regular season games in a phased approach. The first phase will consist of most teams playing six matches against regional opponents through September 14th. The exception to this is though FC Dallas and FC Nashville SC. They will play additional three games to make up for those missed after they were withdrawn from the MLS is back tournament. Due to travel restrictions between the U.S. and Canada, Major League Soccer is working with the league's three Canadian clubs uh, regarding plans to continue the regular season. More details on schedules for the Canadian teams will be announced in the near future. The regular season will accumulate, will accumulate on decision day on November 8th, and the league's aims to release the remainder of the schedule in early September. So it's not official yet, but here's the Audi MLS Cup playoffs. A total of 18 clubs will qualify for the postseason in 2020, up to 14 from last year. The Audi MLS Cup playoffs will begin on November 20th, culminating with MLS Cup on December 12th. That's the beauty of the MLS, and maybe you can look at it as a curse as well. You play in every single season. You play in spring, summer, fall, and winter. You play in all the seasons. Whether if, Even if this was a normal season, go back and watch the 2013 MLS Cup. Go and watch the MLS Cup a few years ago between uh, Seattle and Toronto on penalties up in Toronto. They're freezing cold. You don't have the LA Galaxy versus Houston Dynamo anymore. You got these freezing cold weather teams like Toronto and Kansas City playing in MLS Cup Final. Now, Sporting, I, do I still feel confident about them moving forward? Yes, I think their defense still needs to improve. But if Alan Polito's there, I'm feeling way more and more confident than I have in previous years. Ever since Dom Dwyer went to Orlando, I haven't felt comfortable with the striking options at Sporting Kansas City. Now they have uh, Alan Polito who's taking the captain's armband away from people like Ilya Sanchez, from Graham Zuzzi, from Tim Melia, from Roger Espinoza, from Matt Beasler, the actual captain who's been on the bench. Matt Beasler, you can kind of tell, is slowly getting phased out. He's getting aged out of Sporting Kansas City, essentially. He's like a like an orphan. Like in uh, if you watch Batman: The The Dark Knight Rises, he talks about there's work down there from the when he goes back to the orphanage, and they get they age out. That's kind of like what Matt Beasler's going through. I don't know where Matt Beasler would go after Sporting Kansas City. He's from Kansas City. Plays his entire career in sport in Kansas City. He's won MLS Cup in Sporting. I keep saying in Sporting. In Kansas City. So I don't know where he'd go, but they need another. Winston Reed. I don't know what's going on with him. But I was super stoked when they signed him from West Ham. And he hasn't played. They show him on the bench every single game. He doesn't play. Very disheartening to see a guy of Winston Reed's talents being hampered by injuries. He was hampered with injuries at West Ham. He's getting hampered with injuries at Sporting Kansas City. Or maybe it's not even injuries now. Maybe he's just, he's out of it now. And Peter Ramiz would rather trust Poonchek and Graham Smith in the back four. But if you have Winston Reed, a consistent Premier League defender for West Ham, New Zealand international, you would hope that he's better than Graham Smith and Poonchek. I think Poonchek's got his spot locked down, but Graham Smith, he could rotate in and out. I would rather see Winston Reed in the back four. Make me feel more comfortable. And Luis Martins, his spot's got to be under fire now. After that miserable display against Philadelphia, I don't know if he's guaranteed his starting spot back either. I think the front three set with Shelton, uh, Polito, and Russell. Shelton was hurt and that his absence was felt with Shallowy did not provide anything out wide left. 
Gerso, super sub. He's not going to start unless Russell's hurt. Nice substitution for Russell and brings a little bit more energy onto the field. Midfield three, I want. we need, I say we, they need Gutierrez back in a bad way. You have a midfield three of Ilya Sanchez, Gadi Kinda, and Gutierrez, oof. And then improved defense with Winston Reed finally getting back into form and being healthy. That's a perfect team. They could actually challenge for MLS Cup, one of the best goaltenders in the league, and Tim Melia. If you get Winston Reed back and healthy and fi- back and firing, you could have one of the best back fours. Now, it's it's not going to be that easy, but with his quality that he's had over in the Premier League, you can expect him to, actually, to vastly improve a defense. Or at least you would assume that would happen. It's not guaranteed to happen. You see what uh, Steven Taylor uh, came up from Newcastle. Was it Steven Taylor? Something Taylor came over from Newcastle to Portland Timbers, never played a game. or didn't, He barely played at Portland. So, love to see. But I would hope Winston Reed would be an upgrade on Graham Smith and an aging Matt Beasler. But everything else is pretty much locked. The starting lineup. Gutierrez will have his spot back whenever he returns, but I don't know if he'll come back for this resumed season. Jose Martinez. I think Gutierrez suffered a torn ACL as well. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I can't remember his injury. It was a while ago when they announced his injury because he hasn't start, He hasn't played a game this season, even back when they originally started. Jose Martinez, he's out the rest of the season as well. So how will that affect Atlanta United? If MLS' back tournament's anything to judge by, it's going to affect them a lot. Because <laughs> I don't think – did they score a goal? I don't think they did. Did they score a single goal? They did not score a single goal. They had three scored against them. So losing a guy with the levels of Joseph Martinez, who is a top two player in this league, that hurts. <laughs> and Atlanta's feeling it. They've lost, they lost by one goal in each game. If you te- You're telling me if Joseph Martinez wasn't there, they would not want any of those games. They lost by one goal in every single game they played. If Joseph Martinez is there, they win those three games. I'm confident saying that. At least draw. That's the level. Like Atlanta's good. But you can't have a player like Jose Martinez out. LA Galaxy or LAFC, they have other players that can uh, carry the burden, I guess. Like Diego Rossi, Bradley Wright Phillips, MLS legend Bradley Wright Phillips. Atlanta don't have that. They Miguel Almiron, Nova Newcastle. They don't have that anymore. They have Pity Martinez, but he hasn't really done a lot since coming over from, I think, River Plate. Maybe Boca Juniors came over from one of the Argentinian league or one of the Argentinian leagues, one of the big boys over there. But yeah, MLS is back. Tournament is almost done. The MLS is done. Tournament is what we're going to be calling it now. Cause it's almost done Tuesday night, Portland versus Orlando city, man. I'm still shocked. Orlando city made that. We already been on a rant about that, but I still can't believe they're in there, but great team play from Orlando city. Some people might've seen Portland in there. Portland has a lot of experience on their roster. Most notably that in uh, Diego Valeri, one of the best players in MLS history. Had opportunities to have a cap for the United States men's national team, but he's like, I'm not American. So he's Argentinian for those of you who didn't know. But yeah, I'm excited for the return of MLS regular season play. That's going to be fun because Lord knows we're going to need sports. We're going to need something to watch during this trying time that will test a lot of people's, what do you want to call it? test a lot of people's willpower i don't know if you want to call it willpower or something else but this will test a lot of people without having college football 
college football is more American than anything. Like the NFL, they're global. Like everybody, the, the NFL tries to get into markets everywhere. College, it's an NFL. It's all like, do it this way. We're doing it this way. College football fans are crazy. There, I've been to multiple NFL games. The only atmosphere I've ever felt close to a college, I, there's two that I felt close to a college atmosphere is the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Other than that, most NFL field that I've been to, so that's like Dallas, Cincinnati, Minnesota. Uh, where other places have I been for an NFL game? That might be it. Is there more in there? No, there's not. But Buffalo and Kansas City. Buffalo has, like, it's obviously Buffalo. You don't even need to go there to know that. And then Kansas City is just an insane atmosphere as well. You probably get that in Seattle as well with the Seahawks, the 12th man over there. But it's a lot more, I don't know what to, I don't know how to properly phrase this, but college football is just an insane atmosphere. If you're coming from another country, and you want to experience American football. You're like, oh, I've watched soccer my entire life. I've watched a little bit of rugby in my time. Hey, I even watched, for some reason, I tuned in to Australian rules football and Gaelic football even, too. I've done all of that, but I've never once sat and watched American football. Now, the NFL is the biggest sports league in the world. It is massive. Freaking insanely massive. Like, we're not just including soccer. This is the biggest league ever in the world right now. Maybe like the Premier League might be in by, but you got the NBA, MLB, NHL, MLS. <laughs> you got all these leagues, but the NFL is massive. But if you're coming from another country, you got to go to a college football game. You got to be very selective with your pro football games. You don't have to be as selective for college football. You go to Iowa, which is an insane tailgating atmosphere. Love Iowa. That's Iowa's tailgating atmosphere, for those of you who don't know, is very similar to that in Buffalo. Buffalo and Iowa are very similar in tailgating. So it's like in a na- little bit of a neighborhood, kind of. There's a neighbor- We park in a neighborhood right next to the stadium. It's right next to the practice facility, actually. Right across the parking lot from the stadium. But that's very similar to Iowa. Iowa State, for being just a giant parking lot, has a very good tailgating atmosphere. Very similar to that of Kansas City. Just a giant parking lot. But a great atmosphere for tailgating. Then you've got the likes of Ohio State. You've got the SEC schools like Alabama, Florida, Georgia, all great tailgating. Tennessee, great tailgating atmospheres. You even got Nebraska to a certain extent. No, they got a great tailgating atmosphere. I won't I won't BS them on that. We make fun of Nebraska a lot on here, but I won't I won't make fun of them for that. Like this is just look look at this. How much import more important to American society college football is than the National Football League. Look at LA. Look at what the Rams brought in, and look what USC brings in. They're playing in USC Stadium, and they're getting like six, fifty to 60,000 fans there in a 92,000-seat stadium. That thing sells out, or at least gets to 80,000 with USC playing. The Chargers couldn't even sell out StubHub Center. I don't know what it's called now, but they couldn't sell out a 25,000-seat stadium. It's ridiculous. Like, college football is insane. You'll have multiple sellouts, over 100,000 people in the stands and multiple venues. You know, the biggest stadium in the NFL... Capacity-wise, I think, is FedEx Field. Maybe AT&T Stadium is there as well, but I think FedEx Field has the highest capacity. I'm not counting standing room. I think it's 80,000. Lord knows they don't sell out. But you you look at teams that have had bad years in the past, like Nebraska, 
Tennessee, Michigan before Jim Harbaugh got there, the end of the Brady Hoke era. Like, they had some bad football teams there. Rich Rodriguez, those Michigan teams. Notre Dame has had some bad football teams at the end of the Charlie Weiss era. Always selling out. You get an NFL team that's bad. Like, the Redskins are bad. The Bills have been bad. The Bengals, the Browns, the... Like, all there's been bad teams. They don't sell out still. College football is an integral part to the United States way of life for the average American. I've worked, especially in states like Iowa, that don't have pro football teams. College football is everything. Not even FBS, FCS levels too. Like you look up at North Dakota and see what North Dakota State's fans bring. Like they'll go to Iowa games and bring like 30,000 fans there. At least feels like, I don't know if it's actually 30,000. You and I played North Dakota State a few years ago in the Unidome. There was more North North Dakota State fans there, it felt like. Again, don't know the exact numbers of the fans, but it feels like they're just there because they're so freaking loud. NFL can be a very drab atmosphere. You can just be sitting there, drinking your beer, eating popcorn, hot dog, whatever you eat at football games. College football, you're always, it feels like everybody's on the edge of their seat. I love the NFL. I love college football. My grandpa Roger raised me to be a Hawkeye. When I was born, I got a Hawkeye shirt thrown on me. The doctors were very confused on what was going on. He said, push them out of the way. and said, put this on him. I don't know if that actually went down, but I know he put a Hawkeye stuff on me. That's not, I'm the way I'm explaining it is not how it went down. I will say that. But college football is insane. And now we got this big stuff coming around that college football is not going to be in the fall. It started off with the lower level conferences or lower level. I shouldn't really degrade other conferences like this, but the, the smaller conferences. Okay. It started off with the Mac. The Mac was the first one that we really saw and go like, oh, wow, they're actually going through with this. There's no Mac football. What are we going to do on Thursday nights? Watch Thursday night football on the NFL? No, rather watch Maction. Need some Maction in my life. But now we don't get that. And then you saw conferences like the Pioneer Football League was the next one I saw that said it. Depending on where you're going on Twitter and who you follow on social media, you'll get different results on what came up first. But Pioneer Football League, the, the league that Drake is in, for those of you who don't know, Drake, San Diego, Dayton, Butler, those schools, that was what I saw first, that they are out as well, moving to spring. And then one that affects me more, I loved, I've gone to Drake games my entire life. I'm from Des Moines, went to Drake games a lot, basketball and football. I was a big Drake guy growing up. But I go to you and I, and this is one of the greatest schedules you and I has ever put together in years. And one of the greatest teams they were going to put on the field in, again, years. And now they're pushing a football schedule to the spring. And that is like, oh, man, it's a big deal. You could just play in the spring. Why is it such a big deal, Logan? Well, it's a big deal because three of you and I's best players are transferring. In the likes of Xavier Williams, Ellerson Smith, and Spencer Brown. Like, those are you, those are integral parts to you and I's team. Xavier Williams is one of the best defensive backs in FCS. He is an insane athlete. I have a video, my junior year of college, watching him get a pick six against, I think, South Dakota State from the Rafters. It was a very cool shot. It was on ESPN. It was sick. Ellerson Smith is a first-team All-American selection, so predicted to be a first-team All-American. 
He was going to go off for you and I this year. He was going off last year. And Spencer Brown was a starting right tackle that I had a class with my junior year. One of the nicest people I've ever met, and he's freaking massive. He's like six foot nine. He's insanely tall. But the way he talks about Coach Farley and talks about you and I football is awesome. How he talks about you and I and the sports. He said he cried when he signed for you and I. A kid from Lamoni, Iowa, getting a chance to play in a D1 program. I know it's FCS, but D1 nonetheless. And I per- I'm not going to sit here and bash them for transferring. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. I perfectly, it's understandable why they're transferring. Because these three are arguably you and I's best overall players. Now you got the likes of Isaiah Weston. You got Deion McShane. You got Will McIlvain, obviously. But those three, Omar Brown, we didn't mention Omar Brown. But these three have NFL aspirations. Are probably the three at this point in time that are people that are able to leave college early that had the best chance of going to the NFL or getting drafted in the NFL. I'm not saying there's other players that aren't deserving, but I would say, or that can't get drafted this year. But I think these three were the three that had the best shot at doing so. Especially Ellerson Smith. I think Ellerson Smith was probably you and I's best player. Overall best player. So it's sad to see stuff like that. Coach Farley gave a nice little tweet out uh, yesterday. Three of the best, best in all caps, honored to have coach, to have been your coach. Thank you for giving everything you have given to the University of Northern Iowa and our football program. You all are Panthers for life. And I, I already saw that Xavier Williams and Ellerson Smith had tra- have announced their answer in the transfer. I didn't know Spencer Brown until I saw Mark Farley's tweet. This is bit. That's, man. I don't know what people are going to do. People might go insane this fall. No football? No college football? NFL is going to be there, as it looks like right now. But college football being out. I know there wasn't going to be any fans there. At least what it looked like there would be no fans there. But I would be there filming it. So I would be there actually watching the game. Be there live. Now it's not there anymore. And it's very sad. And then Brett McMurphy tweeted out yesterday, August 9th, or August 8th, he said, Power 5 Source 2 Stadium, which is a, a sports, I don't know what you want to call them. Derrick Rose did his documentary on there, if you like last year, if you remember watching that, on Stadium. I don't really know what to call it. What, what does it call itself? Multi-Platform Sports Network. Okay, they're a sports network. I Okay, that makes sense. Said, college football season is done. I don't think everyone is immediately. I think I don't think everyone immediately follows the MAC, but give but it gives other leagues league presence one more reason to make an easier decision. Biggest thing is the unknown long term impact of COVID and liability issues involved, and it makes perfect sense on why they would move it to the fall or the the spring. I'm not gonna sit here and like oh, I don't make any sense. There's a big fear factor when it comes to COVID nineteen because the main thing is not everybody knows exactly what's going on. Different sources will tell you a completely different things about COVID-19. The biggest thing is the unknown about COVID-19. And especially when you have these players, not like NFL athletes or NBA athletes or any MLB where they can go in a bubble. They're professionals. College kids are college kids. Then you have every parent that I've ever listened to growing up said, oh, college is the best four years of your life. Do you think they're just going to sit around in a bubble all day? No. No. And you can kind of tell things were coming around 
when teams started going, okay, we're not playing, not, we're only playing conference games, no non-conference games. And then on face of it, it's like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. And the other side is like, Iowa plays two Iowa teams. That's not, that's less safe than traveling the Rutgers. And we've roasted the Big Ten about that before, but I would still roast them again if it means we had college football. But yeah, it makes sense. You're living in dorms, you're socializing, you're grouped together. It's not like the NFL or like those other sports that can isolate teams and players. You can't isolate college students because they're living in the dorms. You don't have housing for everybody. Some people live off campus like I do. Ever since I've been at UNI, I've lived off campus. But the young players living in the dorms or some players that can't afford to move out of the dorms or that just don't want to and they really like dorm life, which good on you. I was I liked dorm life when I was at William Penn. I had fun in the dorms. So it makes sense. It, it makes perfect sense. And I was right before I started today's show um, on ESPN sources, Power 5 talking no football at all. No football in the fall, I should say. Not at all. But I saw this. I saw a big t- right before I recorded this, like probably an hour ago, I guess, maybe a little, maybe a little less than an hour ago. I saw a thing that the Big Ten was thinking about just moving in the spring. So I was like, "Oh, man, fine." But now, if the Big Ten's thinking about it, that's the Power Five conferences for those you know: Big Ten, Big Twelve, SEC, ACC, Pac-12. Those are the Power Five conferences. Now they're all thinking about it now. And here's what the ESPN article says. It's tweeted out or posted a little or about two hours ago, a little less than two hours ago, maybe an hour and a half ago. Commissioners of the Power Five conferences held an emergency meeting on Sunday, which is August 9th today, as there is growing concern among college athletes, uh, athletics officials that co- that geez, that the upcoming college football season and other fall sports can't be played because of the coronavirus pandemic, sources told ESPN. Several sources have indicated that ESPN's that the Big Ten president following a meeting on Sunday, are ready to pull the plug on fall sports this season, and they wanted to gauge the commis- if the commissioners and university presidents and chancellors, put commas there, uh, from p- the other Power Five conferences, as we said, ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, will fall in line with them. Did we just read the entire article? Yeah, let's just do that. Sources told ESPN that vast majority of Big Ten presidents have indicated that they would vote to postpone football season, hopefully to the spring. Hopefully, that's the part that might scare a lot of people because that's not a guarantee that's going to happen. It's hopefully pushed to the spring. A Big Ten official confirmed to ESPN that no official vote took place during Saturday's meeting, but the presidents are set to meet again Sunday night, so probably right now. It doesn't look good, one Power Five conf- one Power Five athletic director said. Notre Dame has close ties to the Power Five, deciding to join the ACC in football this year. In football this year, instead of remaining independent to the challenges of the pandemic. Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick, Swarbrick verbalized one of the central issues of with altering the season. My view, this is from Swarbrick, my view is if we change course, we better be able to articulate the reason for doing so to our student-athletes. Mary American Conference, the MAC, on Saturday became the first FBS league to postpone fall sports, including football. Presidents and chancellors of the Pac-12 universities are scheduled to meet on Tuesday, Several sources have told ESPN over the past 48 hours that the postponement or cancellation of the football season seems inevitable. Many of those sources believed it will ultimately it ultimately will take a Power 5 conference to move things in that direction, and that being either the Big Ten or Pac-12 would probably be the first league to do it. 
nobody wanted to do the, be the first to do it. A Power 5 coach told ESPN. And now, nobody will want to be the last. Power 5 administrator added, It feels like nobody, no one wants to, but it's reached to a point where someone is going to have to. The ACC, Big 12, and SEC have waited, wanted to wait to see what happened after thousands of students returned to their campuses this month, but they might be forced to act if the Big 10 and or Big 12 take action this week, the sources said. Scary stuff. Scary stuff. And I was talking to some friends last night after the Dire Wake concert, the awesome Dire Wake concert. Go and listen to Dire Wake if you haven't. They're like, when is school going to get canceled? Because realistically, I don't really see a world where the academic year plays out exactly as it normally does. Like, we're going to go all see all year. I know we're coming back a week early, and we're going to end earlier as well. But do we really see a full semester actually getting paid and on with normal classes, like meeting on campus and everything? Or do we see a world where we are going to be online classes? And I think that's probably the direction we're going to go on this. So with college football getting pushed to the spring, or as it looks, hopefully, as they said in the article, hopefully to the spring, what does that mean for the upcoming fall season? So you got to turn right around and get everybody ready for the next season. Some people have injuries that last the entire offseason. Little bangs and bruises, but that might make them even better too. I don't know. And you might see some more players opting out because the NFL drafts in April. So, I don't know. It's going to be a weird, it's going to, it's a weird time. We are in unprecedented times now. Very unprecedented times. It's a very weird world we're living in right now. I don't, I think everybody can kind of agree on that. But, yeah. I don't know. If you if you want football fix, I'm pretty confident the NFL will still take place. See all the other sports leagues doing it. I think the NFL will be like, oh, yeah, we're fine. They took away the jersey swaps at the end. So the NFL is like, we figured this whole COVID-19 thing out. This is a little easy. All you had to do is not exchange jerseys. Everything's fine. NFL has got the big brains working on that one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's going to suck, though. For the fans, and most notably the players, obviously, with no college football season. A lot of people are working their entire lives to get to this point. Like you saw the people that are transferring from you and I, Xavier Williams, Ellerson Smith, and Brandon, uh, Spencer Brown. I don't know why I almost said Brandon. Worked their entire lives, and now they have a chance to go to the NFL. And now with that moving to the spring, what are their chances? Now, if other conferences move to the spring, then we probably won't see them transferring. But if, like, the Big 12 or the SEC or the ACC, like they said in the article, don't decide, hey, we're going we're gonna to keep it going, then they might transfer there. But if everybody moves to the spring, then they'll stay at you and I, which is thankful for you and I fans because we all want to see them come back and we want to see them have the best success of their careers at you and I. I think the Heart of America and the NAIA is still full go for the – for the fall season. So if you want to go to football games, go down to an NAI school, watch William Penn pound the crap out of Grandview this year. That's the goal anyways. But again, NAIA, uh, smaller universities, not a lot of students there. William Penn, which if you didn't know, that's where I went for my first year. So I haven't said that enough on the show. They had in my, my first year at Penn, I looked at the population on campus. It was less than my high school. So there's, there's a better chance for those schools to be like, ah, right, we're fine. We have these big universities like you and I, 
comparing you and I to Iowa and Iowa State, it's going to be harder for those bigger schools to do it too. So we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, again, hopefully football is played in the spring if these coach, if these conferences decide to move football this spring. So the, the number one priority should be the health and safety of the players, obviously. Just fans, we can go like, ah, yeah, we'll stay at home, we'll watch the games, but the players are the one that are actually doing everything and getting the even if you don't want to think about it, they're more exposed than most people because they're gonna there's there's like ninety kids on the sideline for each game. I don't think every I don't think those ninety kids or however many you have on a sideline because it probably it varies from university to university are gonna be following social distancing rules because it's gonna be hard unless you want to throw them up in the stands, which would be really funny to see. So that way you have a crowd or something, you like three seats apart or something like that. I don't know. Just brainstorming here, big brain time. Man, hopefully, big words, hopefully. Because even if there's no football in the fall, that is not guarantee it's going to happen in the spring, which is the scary part, very scary. But a lot of people live and die by their college football teams. Uh, John Leo and Gary Reimer are two prime examples of that. Don't really watch pro football. John doesn't watch pro football. Gary watches the Bears. John has claimed to be a Chiefs fan because his dad's a Chiefs fan. So he's like, yeah, I kind of like that. He's not like, oh, go Chiefs when they won the Super Bowl. I mean, he kind of was, but nothing crazy. I hated the, I hate the Chiefs. But like my family, we're in every sport. Pro football, college football, baseball, basketball. We're watching every sport in my household. My dad is watching the friggin' NASCAR race today that was recorded yesterday. And he's watching it. Recorded NASCAR. Live and die by sports in the Blackman household. But at least there's people that are just live and die by college. And again, that's John, who don't have a pro NFL, or pro football team. So it's going to be weird trying to transition from college where you know everything and go to every single game like John does. Literally every Iowa game he goes to. Home and away and bowl games. Some people will be able to go through this offseason and go through the fall if there's a pro football season. If we don't, I guess we don't really know. I'm confident there will be, but I don't really know if there will be one. But other people will be struggling. Other people will be going fine. Like, I'll be fine. I watch college football every single Saturday. I'm disappointed that you and I is going to have to – I'm going to have to wait till the spring to watch you and I football. I'm, I'm going to be really sad if I can't watch Iowa football in the fall. But I have pro – I follow a pro football team. So I can make do with that. But I practiced watching a lot more college, or pro football when I was at William Penn because Saturdays we were busy doing other things like playing. And – or. I wasn't, but my friends were, I was standing there, but yeah, I was there. I was there. But yeah, watch a lot of pro football at William Penn. A lot of pro football. When we got done on workouts on Sunday, straight to the dorm shower, watch football. Sunday night football. So I hope that everybody handles this accordingly. (laughs) It's going to be rough on a lot of people. There'll be no college football, but with that being said, let's end it here on this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show, the Cedar Falls edition of the Logan Blackman Show. We are back in the CF, August 10th, 2020. Let's hope if there's no college football in the fall, let's hope we get in the spring. We can all wait till the spring. We're fine. We can wait. It's not that. It's big, but it's not huge. We can live. We'll live. So that being said, I'm going to close it out here. I will see you guys tomorrow. Peace.